Welcome to the HPU Film Society podcast. Each week, students from High Point University meet to discuss movies. These screenings and discussions used to happen at Smith Library on campus. For reasons of global pandemic and social distancing, we are now having these discussions virtually. Enjoy. to talk about this movie um, that I wish Fritz were here because um, I, know. I really, I think I require an explanation um, uh, of just not, not in, in any sort of bad way, but um, just to understand why this one like came up on his radar. Like, yeah, yeah, that one, that one needs to be, to be shared and seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be interesting. But, but so did you guys watch the movie? Yeah. I did. Early yeah. Uh huh. Um, and what'd you think? Um, it looked like a lot of animated movies from that time. Mm-hmm. I can never think of the director when I want to, but the old dogs go to heaven guy. Uh, Don Bluth. It did Don, Bluth. Don, Don Bluth sort of. Yeah. Yeah, like there was a lot of Don Bluth and Don Bluth knockoffs, and um. I don't know, this just fit like right into that category. Like the style of animation was so fast. Like, yes. n- no, it's never not moving. It's just bam, bam, bam all the time. Mm-hmm. And it got, it, it kind of wore me down after a while. Like that's a lot to process visually. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, like the animals are really cute. <laughs> they were. <laughs> yeah. Like that girl cat was cute. She was cute and voiced by, um, um, I'm- Blank Jasmine Guy? Yes, Jasmine Guy, who was on A Different World, which was, that was uh-huh. really into. Um, See, I got like a very Who Frames Roger Rabbit kind of feel out of this. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. That's a very different feel. Because it's it's Warner Brothers, so it's like Looney Tunes, very slapstick kind of at times. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I, did, I made a note about that, something about like it has the, uh, it has similar looks and also movement physics that are similar to like Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Animaniacs, like that whole, you know, there was even a, a restaurant that was called Pinkies, which I wondered yeah. was a, 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 a nod to Pinky and the Brain. Maybe. Like the character design was very similar, like the shape of their bodies, but with the Looney Tunes, there's a lot of times where the characters are completely still, mm-hmm. you know, and with this, they're, ne- they're very fluid. They're never still. Well, I think uh, the like Looney Tunes because it was like meant for TV and it was like very, very small animation budget. Uh-huh. why it's a lot of, a lot of like stillness. Oh yeah, they were, they were just being yeah. cheap. Yeah. Um, it also reminded me of, uh, and this was kind of weird, but as far as the plot goes, um, it reminded me a lot of La La Land in a weird okay. way. Like a very sort of idealistic, even though La La Land takes place in the present day and this is, um, I guess the 30s or something. 30s, I think. Yeah. Well, it's Clark Gable, so it's got to be like 40. Right. 30s, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it, it kind of reminded me of that um, idealistic, like, ooh, glitz and glamour, this is Hollywood, you know, we're going to make it. It's very, um, I, get, I get very, very strong, like, race, like, racism towards the animals. Yeah, there was definitely a allegory. Yeah. Which was weird to see in something that looked like a Don Bluth cartoon. Like, I don't know if that felt right here. 
Right. It was like these dirty animals, they like the jazz and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> like what's going on with these guys? <laughs> we like big band numbers. And we like uh, big, make it big, make it loud, right? There was a whole song. The best character is the tall guy who's like the bodyguard for the little Matt. girl. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's the best character, like especially like when the first dance number, when he's like, get out here, get out of there, Max. He's just out there like shaking along with the animals. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I think Darla made this movie. Just her facial expressions half the time were, were just like a work of art themselves. Mm. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Very extreme. Uh, that they, that they don't pass around to the rest of the uh, uh, cast, you know. Um, no, I didn't really hard. get that from, I can't even remember the main characters. I know it was Scott Bakula. Is it Danny? Danny? I'm going to have to look up the names again. Danny. Danny. Yeah. Danny, Danny and Sawyer. Danny. Danny. Hey, shout out to Kokomo, Indiana, though. That's oh, true. sure. Is that a real place? Yeah, it's a real place. And okay. apparently that's where Danny's from. Mm -hmm. You know. I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, crap. I wonder if this is the, the Kokomo that the, the Beach Boys sang out of. I don't think, they, I don't think Tom Cruise was going to Kokomo, Indiana. <laughs> that, that's just a feeling I have. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, the party follows Cruise, so anywhere he goes. It's true. You know, mm -hmm. it's going to be a happening spot. Um, so... I, I was looking into some of the history of this uh, movie, and apparently it was originally, um, the idea was it was going to be uh, Michael Jackson uh, doing all the music, uh, vocals, and obviously the, the choreography, but then um, he pulled out like a year into pre-production, and so they brought in other people instead, and um, they had Randy Newman doing the- yeah, I saw that, that was weird. Um, but it's also, it's weird, but then you hear the songs and you're just like, yeah, of course it's Randy Newman, because it's the, yeah. it's the most obvious lyrics. <laughs> so, I'm singing about what I'm doing, you know, and um, not in a bad way, it's just, that's how we write songs. You know, they, they missed on a golden opportunity. So, the, the like, head guy's name is D.B. Mammoth. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't he the elephant? I was getting really confused by that because there was an, there was Wooly Mammoth, yeah, who, who was the elephant that played piano. Yeah, and oh, then I... they kept talking about DB or LB, whatever his name is, Mammoth. Yeah. and and uh, I was just like, because there was a scene with him already. I was like, was that guy an elephant? Was he was he an animal? And he was running the studio, you know. Yeah, I was I was just waiting for them to be like, give me Charles Foster Kane. <laughs> Um, there was some pretty, there was some pretty amazing um, uh, voice artists. Not just obviously uh, Scott Bakula and Jasmine Guy, who we all love, but um, there was some great like older performers too. Um, George Kennedy played that DB or LB Mammoth guy. Yeah, I love George Kennedy. I mean, he's he's Jagline, right? So um, there was Don Knotts played the turtle. What Don Knotts was in this? Don Knotts was in it. See, I knew. Um... Peggy Hill was in this. What? Yeah, she was the hippo. Yeah, we kept, Oh my gosh. The Jimmy, yeah. That's crazy. But I, I, now that you mention it, the turtle is just Don Knotts as a turtle. As a turtle. Like, it's so weird. Yeah. All right, all right. 
it kind of bugged me how obvious it was that Sawyer's singing voice was different from her speaking voice. Like, just a very, very different sound. Do you know who that was? Um, Nicole, no. Something Cole. Natalie Cole. That's Natalie the Cole. Nat King Cole's daughter. Yeah. Cole. And apparently, so again, this is all for my five minutes of reading Wikipedia, so I sound like I know what I'm talking about. But um, uh, originally, there was another actress that was going to uh, play the part of Sawyer, and she had a much, she had a much sort of, um, husky is the wrong word. She had a, d a slightly deeper voice. Uh -huh. that like matched. a raspy voice. Yeah, more raspy, yes. Thank yeah. You. So the, and so it matched really well with um, but Jasmine's guy is not so much. I mean, I mean, she, she's. I, I like her voice. I think she's a really fantastic voice mm -hmm. uh, actor. But um, yeah, it did not match that well. Um, what else is Jasmine guy done? Uh, I only know her from uh, a different world, which was a spinoff of the Cosby Show um, oh. from the '90s, and I'm sure it's aged well. Well, there was a couple of episodes who like crossed over, so just take those out of the out of this out of syndication, and maybe you're okay. But I mean, the idea was Denise, right? Denise, who's uh, the Huxtable's oldest daughter, she went off to college, and the college she went to, like this whole other show, was about these people at college. And Denise was going to be more in it, but at the time, uh, um, um blanking on her name now. Um, Lenny Kravitz's ex-wife? Uh, is Zoe Kravitz's mom? Yeah, or? Zoe Kravitz's mom. Let's just go with that. Sure. You um, know. <laughs> she she had like, she had a bit of a drug problem and she kept like, you know, bouncing in and out of rehab. So they booted her from the show, but they had all these, all these other actors that people really liked. So um, yeah, I, I used to watch A Different World all the time. That was Dwayne Wayne. He had, he had the flip up glasses that went like Nice. And it, it would it would sit on chairs backwards, and it was like, yeah. like that had never been done before on national <laughs> television. <laughs> people people so, lost their minds. So was the message of the movie like Hollywood crushes dreams? You can overcome it, though. Yeah, it's like. Well, I don't. It seems like they changed decades in like that final song where they where they yeah, made like, it. We're jumping from the sixties, and everything's okay. Yeah. Um, I read about this too. So apparently, so while all of this production was happening and they had already recorded voices, they had put together music, they had done all this stuff, but people, it's like there was, um, uh, Turner Animation and Warner Brothers were in the middle of like a merger takeover thing. And mm -hmm. so each time there would be a new boss, they would say like, oh, I see, there's pro a project here on the docket. I must change something. Therefore, you know, make myself mm -hmm you know, uh, proving my worth. So they kept trying to make all these changes and apparently at some stage, even though they had recorded all this music, um, they said, ah, nobody cares about the 30s anymore. Why don't we bring it up to the 50s, not the 60s? And they tried to sort of shoehorn in all this additional extra stuff. I could be totally um, misplaced about details, but that's the... Uh, I mean, that probably makes more sense than it yeah. being suddenly really deep or trying to get some message across, like some big cultural message. Like, I don't know. It seems more likely that they've just decided they'd probably enjoy 60s music too. Right. 
Well, of course, people like 30s music out in Kansas, but what about Poughkeepsie? Uh, whatever it's called. My thing is that as a history person, when they brought in the 60s music, I'm like, this doesn't make any sense because Clark Gable was in the last scene and he died in 60. And I'm like, I am so annoyed. Speaking they really of- threw in a lot of like 30s famous actors in there. Yeah, they did. Like, I don't think a lot of children would pick up on the, um, what was it? Oh, I suddenly forgot that comedy duo that was like in the diner. Uh, not Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy? No. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Laurel and Hardy, okay. Pretty sure. Sure. Um, and like the red carpet scene, just... Yeah, that's not playing... Yeah, yeah. That's really not playing into children 7 to 9 in 1997. Yeah. None of them have a frame of reference. For I did really enjoy, though, the like ending scene where it was like all the animal actors in movie roles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, that's went completely off the rails because then it was just like, like the Don Knotts character. He was in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, he was in Ghostbusters. <laughs> I would love to see Don Knotts in Ghostbusters. Make it happen. <laughs> Perfect. It could be a sequel to the Ghost and Mr. Chicken. <laughs> in the Ghost and Mr. Chicken, he has to like spend the night in a haunted house, and he's like really sick. If you haven't seen that movie, and you like. Don Knotts for like physical comedy, which he mm-hmm. is pretty good at. Um, check out Ghost in the Chicken, it's amazing. But like, it, but in the sequel, he's encountered ghosts or whatever, and so he decides he's going to be the town's first Ghostbuster. Boom. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Wolfhard, what's his face from Stranger Things? You know, Ben Wolfhard. Ben Wolfhard. He'll uh, he, he'll you know he can get shoehorned in as like the great grandson. It, it should yeah. no. It should be. It should be a prequel to the first Ghostbusters, where it's like Don Knotts started them in like the early like seventies, and he's retired by the time Bill Murray and them get there. <laughs> um, and then, and then, and then in time for the Ultra Ray release in twenty five years, right? What they could do is they could just um, they can uh, recut the original Ghostbusters, so the hologram of Don Knotts, like you know, it somehow passes the torch to them. Mm-hmm. He could just be a force ghost like in Star Wars. Not explained, just he's there in, New- in like New York City. Right. <laughs> well, then they, then they bust him. And, and yeah, because he's a ghost. Yeah. Of so course. Yeah. Um, this isn't his first uh, foray into animation either because um, uh, he was in this other movie. It was crazy. Mr. Lippet, where he was the fish? Yeah, where he that was one? the fish. Yeah. And fell in love with another fish and had, um, he wore glasses and it was mostly animated. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm looking up what he's in right now because I, I wasn't sure who that was. Uh, I just know him as Barney on the Andy. Uh, and I've, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. In the later seasons of Three's Company, he played, um, it wasn't Mr. Roper anymore because it, Mr. Roper and his wife were there, but it was like, it's like Mr. Fairley or something, but he was on Three's Company. Okay, Josh, you're thinking of uh, Lenny Kravitz's ex-wife is Lisa Bonet. Lisa Bonet, thank you. Yes, Lisa Bonet. So she had a drug problem, but she, she yeah. was sort of, she was the, she was the, um, the conduit between Cosby Show and A Different World. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, and then occasionally Theo would like come to visit the niece, mm-hmm. you know, have a scene. Because Malcolm Jamal Warner, he was he was always there. Was always Can we there. get a Cosby Show crossover with Don Knotts as a Ghostbuster? <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's set in the sleepy town of Mayberry. <laughs> He's also a sheriff. He's the new sheriff after Andy left. He's the, after Andy, yeah. Andy, uh, he uh, choked on a corn dog. <laughs> oh, no. At the county fair. And, um, <laughs> and so, uh, Barney, uh, yeah, he, uh. He adopts Opie as his, as his new son. Right. And they have a pretty rocky time because Opie's yeah. It leads into all sorts of wacky shenanigans. Right, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of uh, a lot of you see Timmy moments, right? So at the end of the episode, like, well, you see Opie, you know, and you have a moral. Then, then Henry Winkler could move in next door, and just be the Fonzie. <laughs> okay, and and they could all bond over fighting ghosts. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They come together like. True uh, group. Mm-hmm. See, I'm thinking Monty can be like the Michael Winslow type, you know. But we need like a serious guy in all this. So you need a Ray Winston. That's who you need. Mm-hmm. You, need you need an everyman. And I think it's kind of messed up that I don't, I don't know why we're talking about this. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of messed up that Ray sort of got. I don't know. It's it's almost like he. He was part of the group, but he sort of had one foot in, one foot out, and I never thought that, that was fair because he was the most relatable character out of all of them, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we might love Bill Murray, but no, nobody's Bill Murray, right? Uh, mm-hmm. no, nobody's quite as um, I don't know, crazy as Ray or nerdy as Egon, but mm-hmm. we're all a little bit Ray, mm-hmm. and yeah. Anyway, that's Ghostbusters. <laughs> what was the movie we were talking about again? Okay, so Dan. Um, I think, honestly, I, I didn't, it's weird. I, I didn't uh, mind the movie. It was, it was fine. I, I definitely chuckled some. There were a couple <laughs> of songs that I, I kind of liked. Um, I really, I, I agree. I liked Darla a lot. I liked some. Um, just her, her attitude and how there, how there was this very coyote roadrunner. Yeah, so long as she tried to thwart the animals, she would never win. You know? Um, you know what was the one slapstick thing I did not really care for? I'm serious. The elephant's house. Like, I felt like that was pointless. Like, how am I supposed to connect to this elephant? Well, I guess maybe that was to show, like, the elephant's living conditions were poor. That's what I got from that. Right, because they're basically, like, like, uh... Like circus animals, basically. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're, or, yeah. yeah, like, carny animals. Yeah. Or, <laughs> like, uh... Somebody call PETA, come on. So they're, like, nomadic, you know, Romani, uh, mm-hmm. actor animals. So, yeah, that was kind of weird. Um, yeah. Uh, were there any kids in the room when you watched it? I want to see what this would be like for actual children. No. Uh, They'd be like, that's so 1997. Mm-hmm. 
Because, you know, all kids agree. We were watching, um, and not to, not to shamelessly plug my podcast, Cash Gas Cinema, but, you know, um, in uh, the latest episode that we just released, we did a, a re-release of an episode called The Pebble and the Penguin. And yeah. That was... I've seen that. Don Bluth's last, uh, that's the last thing he did with his production company in Ireland. And we watched it with the kid, and the kid's reaction was just like, Oh man, he started playing tic-tac-toe. So I think he was was like five or six. So he should have been into it. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen a little bit of that one. That one's rough. That's a little hard to watch. Yeah, there's a lot of things that did not work. Yeah, I wonder how like a kid would react to like if we took Shrek for an example, because that's the most dated animated movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and, and and show that like a five year old now would they like enjoy it? I bet they could tell that the animation isn't what it is now, but I mean it's still fun. Yeah. I mean it's fun, but is Smash Mouth really that like popular now? Well, I don't think. I mean, it it depends on the age of the kid. I think the first time you hear All Star, you know. I don't care who you are. I don't, I don't care what your background is. Mm-hmm. I don't care how much money you got in your bank account. If you grew up on the right or the wrong side of the tracks. The first time you hear All Star, it penetrates. It gets in there. Yeah. Because <laughs> of your bones. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can remember. I, I can remember never liking that song, but being oh. worn down enough to accept it. <laughs> I, that's because it was everywhere. There was a, a, a few mm-hmm. years where you could not escape all stuff. Hey, it was in Mystery Man. Come on. It was it was part of the mm-hmm. OSP for Mystery Man. Yeah. Which is nuts. But like Shrek is what it's known for, I swear. You know? See, even, even before that, there was um, a sort of like teen exploitation movie that came out, I'm pretty sure like the year I graduated high school. And it was called Can't Hardly Wait. And and Smash Mouth. I'm pretty sure All Star was in that one, uh, or was in the trailer or something like that. I believe that was the first time I really took note of that song. And I saw that movie and I loved it. And then some years passed, and I was just like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> Why did I like that? I hate to do this to like Smash Mouth and their fan base, but they're really on like the same level as like Limp Biscuit. As far as like cultural awareness. Cultural awareness? Yeah. You know. I think I appreciate the song more now that it's achieved meme status than I ever have True. before. Like I don't right. know. I just I just get a little more happy when I hear it now. Right. It's almost like a it's almost like a t shirt of a tribal tattoo of a cross. You know what I mean? Like it's a very yeah. it's a very quick shortcut. Mm-hmm. You, you know exactly who you're dealing with. I'm going to make a bold statement here. Okay. Walking on the Sun is the superior Smash Mouth song. That's what it was. It was Walking on the Sun. Sure. Yeah. That was the one that was in Can't Hardly Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Baited musical references. It's true. Now, do you think that Smash Mouth has risen to the to the level of, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one, but uh, 
but to like a bare naked ladies. Um, you know, do you think they could even compete? Well, I think yeah, they're at least on bare naked ladies level because they kind of sunk a little bit in my book when they did the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, they did the the theme song for the Big Bang Theory. Because I saw the Bare Naked Ladies live in concert, and they sang it, and I was like, I've lost a lot of respect. I mean, it's kind of a fun song. It's catchy. Yeah, but they prefaced it. They were like, yeah, you can watch it Tuesdays at 9 p.m. Oh, oh, they like plugged it? Yeah, they plugged the Big Bang. Oh, what a sellout. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you watch it, otherwise we don't get those royalties that we need. <laughs> But you know, like it's not unheard of. Um, what was the Rembrandt's the, the Friends song? That was a real song. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of like once you hand it over to Friends, you've lost that song. That song then becomes different. You know? Um, yeah. Who was it? Did the? Uh, oh, I'm gonna blank on this band. But they did. It might, it might have been the Rembrandt's also. They did the theme song to King of the Hill. Um, no, that was um, that was like a country. Or like not country, but like folk band. Yeah. Uh -huh. I'm trying to remember who it was, and I'm forgetting. Um, and then you have like, uh, um, they might be giants. They did the the knock yeah. in the middle. No. Yeah, I love that band. Yeah, me too. I love that band. They're fantastic. <laughs> um, I didn't know that. I didn't. <laughs> that, was, that was the King of the Hill theme song, by the way. I'm trying to figure out who did this. Whenever you hear the whenever you hear the band name, it'll be like, oh, right, of course. Yeah, it's it's killing me. So um, the refreshments. The refreshments. I'm sure they went on to do great things, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who was it that did uh... Ah, never mind. <laughs> We've gone way off the rails. Um, but listen, so so uh, we're not totally winding down yet. We have a few more minutes. But um, first of all, what do you guys think about um, doing this? Oh, um, never mind. We're not gonna laugh everybody before we have these meetings. Mm -hmm. We gotta get people. Yeah. I'm sorry. What was it? Uh, like we could send out a a reminder or something like an hour before to get people to go on their computers and talk to us yes i yeah i agree I mean, that's yeah. a good idea well, i no, almost did it and then i didn't no offense but i'm sure if we had a, like a more popular movie more people would have tuned in that's true yeah it was kind of sad that we have to start out with cats don't dance like sorry fritz but that was kind of a kind of a rough start <laughs> It was a rough start, but you know what? It's uh, I feel like had none of this Corona happened, and we were just in the regular swing of things, and we came together, and um, especially because even if if a movie isn't great, it can maybe be great if you watch it with the right people. Yeah, yeah. I'm willing to put off my movie until next semester because it's so bad. <laughs> I feel like we'll lose everybody. It's that important for you to hear the groans. Yes. That is, it, was, it, was it? it was Graffiti Bridge. 
Oh, right. Yeah, your Prince movies. And I, I feel yeah. like people would really enjoy it, like, if rather be in person. Yeah, you can't watch that alone. Yeah. It makes sense. I watched it alone, and I am a <laughs> man for it. Yeah. Um, there are very few of those that I can enjoy even watching by myself, but um, I know that one, one that probably won't work for other people, but it does for me, is The Last Vampire on Earth. I did watch that, or no, I didn't watch it alone. I was, I was watching it with my wife, so that's different. So, because we, it's, it's, it's a good movie. I swear, it's, it's Versace, it's Versace's greatest. Yeah, Versace's greatest. This probably his best movie for sure. Um, I think we, sh I think we need to start off, like, with Suburban Sasquatch when we get back. You know, I can't find a copy of that anywhere. Oh, it's like. 50 bucks yeah it is yeah to get the yeah to get a, a, a no special edition last time i looked it was more than 50 it was like 80 dollars for a crappy dvd or you could spend 12 dollars and get yeah. uh it's a it's a uh it's like a collection of 50 horror movies and suburban mm -hmm. sasquatch is on one of those but um but i can't really do that at the library I think you can, Josh. We can just. Should I just? Have, we should just have like collection, a collection area. I th I think what you could do, you have like fifty blank cases. <laughs> like we make we make a case long. for each of them. You know, I mean, we paid for all fifty of them, so why can't we split them up? That's a really good question. I'm sure there's an answer to that would land me in jail. So <laughs> we just have to like put on like an FBI warning on the cover. Mm -hmm. Like if you get caught with this movie at your room or at Wanek, you know, we're not we're not responsible. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. It'd be like uh, be like passing around uh, Grateful Dead concert. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. hey man, you know, be a friend, pass it on. Because I mean, we aren't distributing it as to make money no nope. yeah, yeah. it's like we bought the movie mm -hmm. it's ours to show it's true um however that's not totally true but that's okay. like like groups like our group it's mm -hmm. um we we get away with it because we're such a tiny group and we are on nobody's radar whatsoever yeah. i want to keep it that way forever but um <laughs> But if they, you know, showing a movie in Swank, or in Swank, in um, showing a movie in... Oh, the cinema? The cinema. They have to go through a company called Swank that wow. licenses everything. And it's something like, you know, it's like $200, $300 a pop. If you, and you already have the DVD, but that's how much you have to pay just to show it. Oh, gosh. Which is crazy. But, is that why they couldn't play Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that one time? Probably. Yeah, I really wish we were getting together to watch that. That's my other movie. Oh, Just, yeah. I want to hear everybody's response to my favorite line. What was it? My favorite line is when is when Brad Pitt's on acid and the, and yeah. the guy walks into the house and he goes, are you real? And he goes, I'm as real as a donut, motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell does that even mean? <laughs> 
Well, I don't know. I mean, so it looks like Zoom has taken off the whole uh, 40 minute um, thing. So oh, I got a notification saying that the host upgraded it so that there's unlimited time. Yeah. Did, did you do that? Yes. No, okay. I did not. Well, a little window came up and said like, here, have this gift from Zoom. And I was just like, okay, click. Oh, okay, cool. So they're probably just feeding this straight into the CIA. That's how, mm -hmm. that, that's how they get paid for. Good for them. That's capitalism. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, so okay. Um, well, uh, Noah, if you want to push Graffiti Bridge next semester, maybe instead of like sort of doubling up and trying to catch up, maybe we can just keep this at a at a once a week pace, and we can just be mm -hmm. selective with what's left. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I think we have. Uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's, um, I think we have like five more weeks. So there's this week, next week, 20th, 27th. Well, we, we normally end the first week, like a week of exams, right? Yeah. Yeah. Classes, classes end in three weeks. Oh, so maybe we could squeeze in four. We can maybe squeeze in four more, yeah. perhaps. We so could do twice next. a week for one or two weeks. Yeah. I'd be fine with that. I would be fine with that too. I've got, you know, not, not a lot going on. Right. I, I'm trying to, trying to be a decent professor, but it's, ugh, I, I, I can't stand this. I can't. I do much better in a, I, I think it's a mental thing. I think I, I, um. It's really hard to find the motivation to actually do your assignments. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's like, I could just lay in bed for four more hours and have my day be over. <laughs> right. No. Yeah, well, it's one of the few times when I'm I'm really grateful for um, uh, being in the service because you know when you're deployed, you're bored a lot. Like there is nothing. There's literally nothing to do. There's no there's no internet. There's no nothing. Um, so you learn you learn to entertain yourself in any way that you can, even if it's playing baseball with rocks. God bless America. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> too. I wish I could show my screen right now. I've got the sickest wallpaper ever. It's um, it's a it's a DVD cover that somebody mocked up on Reddit. It's like the Criterion version of Neil Breen's Double Down, right? And so, and he's got like the got the denim vest on with the army medals and it's just it looks so great i probably can't show you my screen uh anyway so how about this so how about um i'll uh I'll send out an email to everybody else mm -hmm. and um we'll try to maybe i'll make up like a poll like a like a, a voting system on the, on the last four, high score wins. Yeah, sure. And uh, uh, very okay. democratic. Well, wait, wait, maybe not last four. Hold on. So, if you wanted, if we did do twice a week, what we could do. So sorry. So, do we have? After tonight's cast on dance, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. 
seven more movies that we could squeeze into three weeks. Um, but I kind of got, I kind of want to go to May the 4th because that way we can do the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. We'll make that our, our last one. I do. I, I have one demand for your humbleness, Josh. Go on. Along, along with Graffiti Bridge next semester, I demand Cool as Ice. Ooh. It's so good. It'll take Josh a minute to figure this out. You're done. I mean, I guess it's it's a it's a pretty amazing bad movie. I think honestly, like if I really had my brothers and I had time enough to do whatever, um, what I would love to do is I would love to actually not fork the group, but actually just um, have two concurrent groups that hopefully have a lot of overlap. And on Monday nights, we would watch, you know, whatever, whatever the students chose. And then the other nights would be nothing but the worst possible films we could possibly find, like the worst, you know? That's pretty things, cool. Things like Bird Dimming, things like Troll 2, you know? See, I love working in the library because I get to recommend people movies and they just have to take me at my word. <laughs> and somebody came to me like, we want a really good romantic movie to watch. And I was like, The Room, it's the greatest romance ever told. <laughs> there was another, there was a, a librarian, the archivist actually, she works in archives. And she's really sweet, I, I like her a lot. And she, uh, she said like, I'm looking for like, like a good movie for me to watch with my friends tonight. We just want to have like a good time. And I was like, her, the room. You should watch the room. Yeah. <laughs> so I go to. But then I, I tried to like temper that with like, ah, that really depends on your friends and that depends on mm -hmm. not everybody wants to sit down and watch the worst movie ever made. But it, it may really bum someone out when she's like, it's right. I'm dying. I have breast cancer. And then this never just talked about. I have breast cancer. <laughs> Oh mom, I don't want to talk about it. I want to. I want to. Can can we invite the guy who played the drug dealer to next year's movies? Oh, Chris R. Yeah, Chris R. I want him to be at every film society meeting. He's <laughs> <laughs> such a he's such a strange street name. <laughs> you better watch out. Chris R. is gonna come get you. You could say, are you ready for Chris to come and get his money? Chris R. Oh yeah, that's what it was, like Chris R, because he's a drug dealer. It's like, Chris R, you holding. And <laughs> that's probably how he got the nickname. I prefer the guy who just changes characters halfway through. He goes from being like a really respectable like lawyer and then he's just like, I'm your surfer bro friend, dude. <laughs> I don't think I've seen the entire movie <coughs> sitting. So I don't know. I'm still, I'm still hazy on those parts, but I have, I have the major parts. So right. basically yeah. all you need to know is that one of the actors just like left halfway through the movie. Yeah. So they had to find somebody else to play the exact same character. See, the beauty of the, beauty of the room actually is that there's no wrong way to watch it like some movies you'll watch and if you miss the beginning or if you miss some part of it 
Oh snap! That's too bad because there's a payoff down the road, and uh -huh. you it'll you know affect your your total viewing experience. With the room, it just always keeps better. It gets better and better and better. The, <laughs> yeah. the more that you watch it, the more that you notice, the more you think like, what you know they where did he go to get framed pictures of spoons <laughs> to decorate an to decorate this apartment? Or how often does he buy flowers to be their favorite customer? Yes. It's got to be all the time. He's very romantic, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, he's, for, he's San Francisco's most famous vampire. It's just the fact. I like how they actually filmed in San Francisco, but they green screened the Golden Gate Bridge in. <laughs> It's it's a it's a Hollywood movie. That's how it has to be. It is a legitimate feature film. Yeah. Um, it's the real deal, and yeah, it's pretty amazing. If you guys, oh, sorry, what? I think most of the mo movie's budget went to like water bottles for him to throw on the ground. <laughs> you think that was a different water bottle every time? Of course, he has to get like correct banding curvature because he's gonna spill water out of it. Mm -hmm. He throws it down the first time, you know. I can imagine that Tommy would, uh, would somehow say, like, no, 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 we're going to have, we, we must have five cases of water, just in case. I need fresh bottle every time. Oh, God. My favorite fact is that when they did the, like, flower scene, he actually did not know there was a dog there. And that's the only reason why he says, oh, hi, doggy, because he, he just was surprised. Oh. Yeah. That's actually really nice. That's pleasant. But wait, wasn't that an ADR line? Because he didn't say that in the moment, did he? He wasn't mic'd. He, he recorded that later, right? I don't. You're doubting the genius that is Tommy Wiseau. That's true. He probably had some <laughs> way of actually getting live sound, but making it look like he didn't. Somehow, yeah. it was probably it was probably a mic in the flowers. Mm. Mm -hmm. Oh hi, doggy! You're my favorite customer. Well, he has to go there a lot because he knew how much the flowers were going to be to say keep the change. That's true. Yeah, yeah, he knew the exact price. Yeah, he's got to be. I mean, again, he's he's a total romantic, and he, he loves Lisa so much. So much. She's my everything. I like in the eyes of the mom, the worst thing he does is that he drunk, he actually got drunk instead of like beating her daughter. He's like, Johnny doesn't drink. Yeah. She didn't care about the abuse. She's like, but, but <laughs> drinking. That's when we find out that Lisa's uh, mom is Baptist. So, um. I really, I really wish we could like do a double feature of The Last Vampire on Earth in the room to see who was actually more romantic. Hmm. <laughs> That's pretty I'm have to think about that. Yeah, that, that is a good question. <laughs> different responses. Yeah, okay, all right, you think about it. I think it's pretty easy. I don't know that I think that, what's his name, Damien? Trithalio, what was his name in Last Vampire on Earth? Um, you gotta figure this out. As Azrael, 
As- <laughs> Just keep on guessing vampire names. Asma. <laughs> Altair. Anyway. Um, and it's probably because it was, you know, the the uh, the main character. She was she was quite religious, but they were they were like they were chaste lovers. It wasn't until the very end of the movie when they kiss, you know. Hmm. Hmm. Aurelius. Aurelius. Aurelius, of course. You want to know the saddest thing about this about IMDb? The top build in this movie is. Is the yellow car driver? Yellow car driver is Rachel <laughs> Terzak. Good for her. Oh, and just a few below that, we have Disheveled Girl, played by Erica Garfield. Nice. Yeah, but above Disheveled Girl is Rich Kid 2, not even <laughs> Rich Kid 1. <laughs> a lot of Rich Kid 1's lines were cut because that actually had an attitude. Did I tell you guys about the locally made? Terrible bad movie that I found at a at a McKay's. No, I don't okay. think so. There was a movie so. that I found that was made in the sort of early aughts, and it's called uh, it's either Zombie Cheerleading Camp or Cheerleading Zombie Camp. Ooh. And it was made in uh, in and around the Raleigh area. Um, Sounds amazing. And. Let me just, I, without even telling you anything else, I'll give you a taste of what you're in for with this movie, right? So mm-hmm. I found a McKay's. It looks like the, the cover almost looked handmade. It was, you know, you could tell there's only like 20 of these that ever got printed in the first place. And uh, I took it home, put it in, started it. There's this like, uh, there's this like aerial, a series of aerial shots um, that don't look that great. They look kind of poor. And, and that's and there's this really terrible um, uh, like music over it, and that's the they're doing the, that's how the credits run, right? And it goes all the way through, and you see a car driving, and it's very sort of you know like The Shining, sort of in a way, but bad. And and then it, it gets to the end of that, and it just sort of fades out. And then the exact same credit sequence, all the same shots and everything, all the aerials, all the same names, they, they it repeats all the way through, and then the movie starts. So that means that whoever this was, they exported their video and either didn't notice that the credits are on there, the opening credits are on there twice, or the deed had been done, you know, that money had been spent, and they just said, like, oh, well, and it's on there twice. That's what you're in for. You've just told me that the raw... You've just assured me that the Raleigh movie making scene is a lot better than the Wilmington movie making scene. Because what have we ever done? Cape Fear? Who's ever heard of that? Iron Man 3. Yeah, that's, that's nothing compared to Hell Zombie Hell Cheerleader Hell. Camp 5 or whatever it's called. Hellraiser 4? Hellraiser 3. Hellraiser 3? We're, we're, we get the trilogies. Or we, we get the third in the, in the trilogy. Yeah. A lot. That means we're like bronze medal level. There's also, yeah, well, there's also, um, I would absolutely love to, and it's going to be really hard to get people to vote for it, but, but Kidnap Colette is, is a really, really... I gave that a five last semester. I know. It, it's just, it looked amazing. Just by the title alone, I know that it's going to be an uphill battle to get that one in, and that's fine. 
It'll happen. I'm telling you, just just make Cool as Ice the bad movie, and I'll slip in Graffiti Bridge, mm-hmm. and it can be back to back so we can learn that Graffiti Bridge is the superior musical mm-hmm. because Cool as Ice has two musical numbers. Without seeing any part of Graffiti Bridge, I guarantee you it's a much better musical than yeah. It's gotta be. It's gotta be. Yeah. And half half the music isn't even Prince. Like Prince has like three songs in the entire movie. The rest is George Clinton. Oh, yeah. But it's all it's all off of like George Clinton's B sides. Like none of them are good. That's odd. I thought he would just use these movies to like promote his like deep album cuts. Like Prince would. You want to know an interesting fact about um, Cool as Ice, though? Sure do. Gwyneth Paltrow was supposed to be in it, but her mom's, her dad said, don't do it. It'll probably hurt your career. Ooh, yes. And that's, I think her dad was wrong, actually. Oh, I no. mean, you know, it's the greatest movie ever made, Cool as Ice. He wakes up his girlfriend by putting ice cubes in her mouth. It's, it's very weird. And watch Cool as Ice, and it's and it's Gwyneth Paltrow, like at that age, you know, like oh my god, what's she doing? It would be perfect because it's like it's like. (laughs) Go ahead, Josh. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) It's like cool. Like Ice Ice Baby is not even in this movie. Like this is the album after Ice Ice Baby. He's still little ice, though. He's still got the ice thing. I don't know about that. Have you seen Vanilla Ice? He's been robbing houses to, for his, like, show. <laughs> oh, yeah, he does a construction show, right? Yeah, it's so weird. But apparently last year he uh, snuck into his neighbor's house that had been foreclosed and stole all their furniture. Whoa. And got convicted. Oh, dude. You can't be doing that badly. So, so now, he, he just got out a couple months ago, and now he's doing an Amish homemaking show. An Amish homemaking? Vanilla yeah, Ice? It's the exact same, the, it's the Vanilla Ice Project, but it's a spinoff where he does Amish homes. Well, see, they have their own laws, so, you know, if he steals from them, worst case scenario, he just gets shunned. So, you know what I mean? I feel like Vanilla Ice is a proud member of the Amish community. Mm. Yeah, he's he's probably like a staunch believer in their beliefs, like <laughs> no technology whatsoever. Yeah. I could see that. I respect uh, Robert I, Van Winkle. What what I was gonna say <laughs> was that Cool as Ice would have been the most perfect movie had Gwyneth Paltrow been in it and it tanked her career. And we were now living in a reality that did not feature goop. That would be perfect. Yeah. Have you have you watched her like seminars that she does for goop? It's hilarious. Show on on Netflix now, and it is. I just watched the trailer for it, and it was painful. <clears throat> Josh, I, I know you like John Tron somewhat. He did an episode about Goop like two months ago. Yeah, that's about all I know about it. And then he has a segment where it's like 
it's like Swedish, um, it's like Swedish, like, um, furniture name or Gwyneth Paltrow boot product or something like that. Oh, yeah, like Ikea products. <laughs> yeah. Let's see, this is the beard. So I think we should buy a lot of goop material for the school, charge the school, the library, and we use it to critique Kula's eyes. How? You what way? Yeah. As we're doing it, like, am I putting something on my face? Or? Yeah, and then then it's like it's like, would would the woman who thought of this product would she have made this movie more enjoyable? Oh. We have to think like that. Okay. It's really bringing it right out of the out of the box, Noah. That's some. I'm telling you. Some high level thinking. Yeah. Actually, what it is, I just bought a lot of Goop products, and I need to make some money. So you know. Oh. It's, it's a pyramid scheme. And yeah. So now he's a. What is it? You're a, you're a uh, regional. Yeah. Division manager. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that also means that you're $12,000 in debt. Yeah, please, please. Gwyneth Poucher is a lovely woman. Please buy her products. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's crazy. All right, well, um, guys, this has been, like, tons of fun. It has. Really enjoyed it. I will, um, I'll be sending out an email later on this week, and we will, um, get to sussing out. I'll, I'll go ahead and take Graffiti Bridge off the table and we'll save Star Wars for May the 4th. Mm-hmm. But everything else we'll sort of put on a voting system and maybe we'll just, maybe I'll just figure out a way that we can, I'll just make enough slots that we can fill a title for a slot and yeah, we'll, we'll find a way to do that. Um, even if it's um, a, little, a, li- a little more frequent, um, or, you know, we maybe do this twice a, twice a week. Are there any days that are completely off limits? I mean, I guess we're not, none of us are going anywhere. But. Nope. All good. <laughs> not really, especially like in the night, but like Friday, I'm pretty busy up until like five in the afternoon. So I should be free after that. I would be in the evening time. I would, I would yeah. Prefer, I'd say though, probably like Wednesday would be the worst day for me, probably. Okay. As far as like night. Well, um, uh, guys, it's been it's been fantastic, and I hope both of you stay safe and stay sane. <laughs> yeah. That ship sailed a long time ago, Josh. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, take care of yourselves, and we'll we'll talk again soon. Okay. All right. Bye. 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 Bye.